Hello listeners, welcome back to the Victim to Victor podcast. My name is Anu and I am your host. So in this podcast episode, we will navigate through the psychological aspect of the ego and how it lays foundation for a distorted identity in case of child abuse, which was in my case. Complex post-traumatic stress disorder as well as trauma are conditions that I've suffered for the most part of my life. Most of us have actually had some sort of trauma throughout our lives at different scales, though we tend to bury the trauma and so become immune to it. I've had a mask on most of my life with my extrovertedness personality shining through that when you really get to know me, I'm actually really introvert and rather reflective. Thank you to my training and therapy work. I'm learning so much more about post-traumatic stress disorder and how it can be masked for many of us. For me, being vulnerable was always scary and I just don't want to keep having my ego as a way to take me back to the past because that's what the ego does. It's a protective barrier and a defense mechanism which keeps taking you back to the past and it just prevents you from staying present. So lately I've been focusing a lot on my work and becoming a bit burnt out so I've had a bit of anxiety and depression return with feelings where I've been feeling all alone even though I have so many caring people around me. Sharing my vulnerability with the world feels really cathartic for myself and hence why I wrote my book because that was also very healing for me. Though I like to point out that I am not healed, I am far from healed and healing will actually be a very long journey for me. In me, the trauma manifested itself as I ended up in a stream of bad relationships. Repeating the same mistakes over and over is actually a big indicator of trauma, where we just don't seem to learn from our mistakes. And it was only once I let go of my ego that I was able to break free from the cycle of darkness. So let's start with what the ego actually is. Simply put, the ego word is the Latin word for I. If we were to translate I love you in English to Latin, we would read it as ego amor de. Ego is that unconscious decision-making part of your mind that you regard in first person, as in when you say, I dislike him or her, or I dreamt that my house was on fire last night. Now, such a recurrent use of I is what suggests your ego. It is basically how you perceive yourself. It is the element that identifies with traits, beliefs and habits. So now that we have established a firm understanding of what the ego is, let us dwell into the next section of W. That is, where? Where does this ego arise from? Well, the easiest way to comprehend this is by suggesting that as a child, we all came into this world with an intuitive nature. So why I'm saying this is because we instinctively grasped an understanding of the mechanism, at least of the simple ones of the world, even though we could not speak the language. Hence, it can be implied that our level of unconsciousness was pure awareness. As a child, we had no filter. We could play, imagine and create limitlessly because we were not yet tied to an identity of who we were. We were literally born unconditioned. Now, as a more generalized phenomenon, we could also agree on the fact that during childhood, your ego is an egocentric state. It is best described with the saying, the world revolves around you. 
in this state, everything is happening to you because of you. Now, because of this very ego period, childhood wounds are particularly impactful. Any sort of trauma at this stage is indeed painful. However, moving ahead with a timeline, it's not until the teenage years that we actually develop abstract thinking. The ability to observe outside of our own perspective is when our ego develops to protect us from our reality. It creates an identity for us to cope with any confusion, disconnection and loss of love that we experienced. It strengthens an identity to ensure to the best of our ability that we can still receive whatever love is available. As we age, we were taught typically unconsciously the values around things like intelligence and achievement and preferred emotional states and relationships and other people. Our greatest need was to receive love so that we eventually learned to identify with such values even if they were not positive or serving us. Now, as we gradually progressed through these stages, many people did not suggest that they were fixated or perhaps withdrawn into reliving that childhood trauma and so could not evolve past the egocentric state. They still believe that things are happening to them and survivors like myself may be less likely to advance to the highest tier, which is characterized by an increase in the tolerance of self and others and an ability to cope with inner conflict. Based on these true predicaments of various stages of ego development, we can passively conclude that ego is the ideology of constructed self. In fact, our ego is a very rigid identity. It has to be. It's created a set of beliefs, patterns and ideas that most people tend to label as personality. Let's just say that our ego is very defensive about our identity. Anything outside of confirmed thoughts, beliefs and behaviours will be rejected. If you'd like confirmation on this, watch a debate. Debaters do not change each other's minds. They go back and forth affirming their own beliefs. The winner of the debate is simply the person who confirms your bias. Their ego defends a belief and yours defends that person as the winner because they confirm a concept you have tied to your identity. The problem with this is conflicting opinion is what allows us to grow. Conflicting opinions or concepts often bring people to a place of anger because the ego feels the most out of control when it's challenged. It feels like an attack on the self. Technically it is because the ego creates the illusion that our opinions and beliefs make you who you are. This leads to a sense of insecurity and low self-worth. In a fragile state the ego works overtime to defend us. Now, in the most straightforward terms, it can be said that the ego provides a protective layer of blanket, not only from others to gain a peek inside our soul, but also from those sudden changes of the core belief. But as much as having a guarding force sounds as a positive element, it's not specifically in cases where the point of defense is not so rational. Core belief that we or somebody who was a victim of trauma as a child ended up developing, conceiving it as a healthy standard, which in reality is not, hence the fact that it hinders our growth. Well, for those people still struggling, it's time to get in touch with your true identity. So far, your lives have been functioning in patterns that you haven't consciously chosen. They were chosen for you. The ego work is a new opportunity to choose. You are not looking to kill the ego or deny its existence. The ego is your protector and we need it. And the ego has been part of your psyche since you were a small child to help you cope. You want to learn to accept your ego as something separate from yourself. Who are we? Well, we are conscious awareness. 
We are the awareness who has the ability to view other parts of ourselves. This ability is uniquely human. We can think about our thoughts. We can reflect on our actions. We are softening the ego. Picture ego as a hyper-vigilant guard. This guard is constantly scanning the environment for someone or something attempting to do harm. Anything that conflicts with the ego's perception of self becomes an enemy. We have been over-identifying with traits for so long that our ego's main function is to keep that identity alive. By doing this work, we give our guard, or the ego, a break and we allow for new experiences to come into our awareness. Without a guard, we can decide how we feel, what we think, and how we choose to respond rather than having our ego decide that for us. Confidence is a result of detaching from our ego state. That being said, it's time for me to offer some guidelines or tips which may act effective in transcending your journey to a more controlled and less ego-shadowed version of yourself. First of all, we need to allow our ego to introduce itself. So until this point in our life, you're mostly unaware of your ego. When you're unconscious, which is around 95% of our time, then the ego is running the show. Gone unchecked for most of your adult lives, your ego only gets stronger. Only through observing can your ego actually soften. A softened ego brings a state of inner peace. So the ego does not like to be observed. This step can actually be quite uncomfortable for ourselves. Getting through this discomfort takes work, so you need to be patient. So you can do this first thing when you wake up or before bed. It takes under one minute. So you need to find a quiet place with no distraction where you feel most comfortable. Close your eyes and take one deep breath and repeat this affirmation. I am safe and I choose a new way to experience myself as separate from my ego. Here we are priming the brain to relax into this work. It can be very uncomfortable to view yourself in this new way. You might feel sensations in your body or racing thoughts telling you not to practice the exercise. All of this is totally normal. It's fear-based resistance from the ego. Seeing your ego is a first step to taking away this power and decision-making control. The second step is to have a friendly encounter. This step is about becoming aware of what you say after the word, I. This is your ego speak. You've been repeating this for many years, so observing what you actually speak about yourself will be rather surprising. The friendliest way to meet your ego is when it's not triggered. Set an intention to witness your ego with one conversation you have today. Notice everything you say after the word I. Questions that you can pose whilst practicing this method include How often do I speak about myself? What was an adjective I used to describe myself today? And did anything in that conversation bring any uncomfortable emotional reaction? Describing the answers can help you navigate through deeply embedded patterns of beliefs and identify your ground root ego. All that needs to be done is to practice with this new skill as the repetition will prime new pathways in the brain and allow observation to come more easily with time. So thirdly, we want to name the ego. When we name our ego, we take a powerful step in seeing the ego as separate from us. Choose any name that comes to you intuitively. Now name your ego. Here's an example. My ego's name is Anna. I watch Anna come and go. Sometimes I don't see Anna for a few hours and then she comes around with reckless abandon. Certain things make Anna extra touchy as they may relate to the trauma and that is okay. 
So by naming your ego, you've separated from it. Now you'll see the ego coming and going. You'll be surprised just how often it comes and how quickly it goes. This is an observation stage. Practice this stage for at least two weeks. You may have major breakthroughs during this stage and with time, you'll not only be aware of your ego, but you'll know what situations to expect your ego to be triggered. This expanded awareness allows you to see past the ego and to choose a response more aligned with your authentic self. So the next step would be to appreciate and to accept the ego. This step can take a lot of practice and will not come intuitively to you. So you'll have to repeat it many times before it feels natural. You could also watch a video of something which may be the polar opposite of your viewpoint. Sit with the emotions which it brings up and allow yourself to listen to the words objectively. See if you can hear beyond your emotional response. This practice is very transformative. So before this episode concludes, I would like to address that I know that I threw a lot at you today. I know that this may be quite overwhelming or you may be thinking that it might not even work or that you're not capable of letting go of the ego. We just simply don't want to. That's fine. It's perfectly fine. Your ego has been challenged, so you might have some major resistance coming up. So just allow yourself to see this resistance. The work can be difficult, though, let me assure you, my friends, it is life-changing. Commit to this work because you deserve to be free from the ego. You deserve to be true to yourselves and you deserve to be you. And while this episode comes to an end, you may want to check out my book, Victim to Victor, now available on audio and where I have shared my journey of evolving through self-help and a determination to cast off my damaging past. My goal is to reach out to fellow survivors of abuse and provide hope and motivation in their lives. I hope that I can help victors transform their lives and achieve amelioration in the process of discovering their true self. I also have a 12-week self-development plan which is absolutely free and it aims to guide you on your journey to recovery. You can find the link in the description below. Please like this podcast and tag or share it with somebody whom you know is going through a similar situation and may need help. I will be back with another podcast soon. Until then, take care and stay empowered.